listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you again today for another special episode, another interview, this time with Eva LaRue. Now, that person might sound familiar because if you are a fan of our Third Watch coverage, you will remember during season one and season two us talking up a lot of Eva LaRue. She played Brooke in nine episodes of Third Watch. Jimmy's wife, well, girlfriend, fiance, wife for about five minutes, then kind of got divorced. That was bad Jimmy period, of course, in Third Watch. So we we loved her character of Brooke on that show. We talked up Eva LaRue so much that we had to get her on the show and we have her on the show today. Great chat. We talked briefly about Third Watch. We talked about her time on daytime soap operas. She's an Emmy Award nominee currently and she might win one in the space of only a few days. Plenty of fun to talk about in this episode. So without further ado, here is our chat with Eva LaRue. Massive pleasure to be able to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network. You know her from such shows as All My Children, CSI Miami, and currently an Emmy-nominated performer for her role on The Young and the Restless. Please welcome to the Oz Network, Eva LaRue. Eva, welcome to the program today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm very excited to be able to chat to an Emmy-nominated actress today. Uh, congratulations on your recent nominee uh, for Outstanding Guest Performer, the Daytime Emmys. And this is this is just around the corner. This is literally within a couple of weeks, isn't it? The, the nerves must all of a sudden be getting getting a little bit higher now, given how close we are to the to the award date. It, yeah, they are, and it's. Um, I have to say, it has been the absolute you know, with all that's going on in the world, it has been the most exciting thing that's happened for sure in 2020. And just like has given me this, just, you know, just being nominated has, has been this, a really lovely highlight. And, and it is, it's coming down the pike on June 26th. Unfortunately, my category is not going to be televised because it's a guest performer, a guest performer in a series. And so they most, they mostly only, um, air the uh, categories, which are like best actor, best actress, best supporting, best, you know, actor, best supporting actress, best show, best this and that. So we will be, I think, announced our category via social media that night. Okay. Which does that mean it's not as fun because you don't get to dress up and go to the ceremony or is it a little bit more relaxing? You can sit back, have a couple of drinks and kind of relax that night. Well, I probably, I think we all will be, cause I think the whole, um, I think the whole show is going to be virtual from course, what I understand. Right. Yeah. So that, so, you know, that sucks, but, uh, there's not going to be a red carpet. Maybe, maybe there'll be a virtual red carpet in everybody's living room. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what everybody's going to do, but, um, but, uh, but it'll be really interesting to watch and see, hopefully they'll, the, I'm sure they'll pull it off beautifully. It's going to be on CBS right. on Friday the 26th. Well, we're going to be paying close attention. You've, of course, been nominated in the past for Daytime Emmy Awards. Is it is it something that when, when you get nominated, I, I know it's it's always great to be nominated. It's fantastic. You go to these things in usual circumstances. You, you If you televise awards, you kind of give the knowing nod if you don't win. Is that something that you have to practice? I remember that episode of Friends when Joey was practicing the sort of the acknowledgement face of, oh, yes, they should have deserved to win. But then ultimately he loses it and gets very angry. Is that something you really want to do when you lose? I would be like that, Eva. I would be like, screw them. I wanted to win. I want the award. (laughs) 
and everybody does want to win. You're lying if you say you don't. Yeah. Like who? Like who? Like who's actually sitting there in the audience going, "God, I hope I don't win. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope they don't call my name. Like this is dumb. Like of course you showed up. You're hoping to win. You know, so everybody's hoping to win. But you know, it is a horse race. It's like who? Like whatever horse is feeling fittest on the day. I just think it's you know it. But um, but sure, you know when they don't call your name, you're like. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> pull a jolly go angry go completely angry so if there is sort of like a zoom sort of you know reaction video that they put out later on there you are not saying you won't win of course Eva you will win love to say that right now but if you weren't to win uh, you can well, throw glasses you. Actually, at the I, camera and stuff like that get angry <laughs> I think it might I think it might um honestly I think it might end up being uh Michael Knight who I adore and uh worked with for ages over at all my children and He's now uh, back in daytime, and he's on General Hospital. So it could um, it, it could it could end up being Michael. And so I already put out I uh, I texted him and told him congratulations um, on his nomination. And I said, "Did you ever think that you and I would be up for anything <laughs> together? <laughs> not the same role ever. Not the same. <laughs> you know, normally there's you know best actor or best actress. So it's normally we're not all squished in one category. But um, but I said, look, if you win this, I just am asking to borrow it for the weekend so I can dress it up and take some pictures with it. So that's all I ask is a weekend babysit. That's fine. Um, that works. That'll make me happy. Yeah. I just want to put it on my mantle for a minute. Why not? Um, just. Yeah, why not? It's like the Stanley Cup. Like every player of the team gets right? it for a day. So surely every nominee, whether you win or not, should get the Emmy for a day. I like that. You know what? I actually really like that. I, You know what? I really like that idea. Yeah. I didn't even think, I didn't even know that. Start that the a trend, Eva. Start a trend. That, that, that can be something in the future, you know, that people will do with award shows. It's an inclusive little thing that you could arrange. That works. I love that. And not only that, but there should be a, a real handing of the torch. Yeah. I think the actors should run down the street, <laughs> hand off the Emmy to the next one, and they should run home with it like a real passing of the torch. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. Social distancing, <laughs> that works in the current climate too as well. People can, you know, socially distance on the street, kind of nice gap two metres away from each other as they watch their favourite actors and actresses run down the street with awards. That is a perfect entertainment in 2020. <laughs> And fantastic, uh, fantastic um, lockdown exercise, yeah, I think, too. Very true. Very, very true. It's interesting. In, Since we can't go to the gym. Yeah, well, exactly. It, it, it ticks so many boxes on so many different levels. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, too, in the category. You're up against two other people who are from, from Young and the Restless as well. So, I mean, it must add a, a very weird competitive nature there that you're, you're up against people who have made guest appearances on the show that you've made a guest appearance on. You're up against somebody who, of course, you've worked with in the past. I mean, how does that kind Kind of make there must be so many different layers of emotions going into this award. Well, definitely with um, Michael Knight and uh, Michael and Chriselle, I worked with both of them at All My Children. They're both the sweetest. They're both my friends, my my, and they are the sweetest people on the planet. So that's where it, it's actually weird. Where you're, <laughs> you know. I mean, truth be told, you're all hoping to beat your friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I know they're hoping to beat me as well. So we're, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> but I mean, all, all of it is really just for, all of it really is just, is fun. It really is fun and it's exciting and it's just, and, you know, I know it sounds so um, cliche to say it's just an honor to be nominated, but it really is. And, and uh, especially after all these years of, um, of, you know, 
all my children having been canceled so long ago. And, uh, but coming back into the daytime world was really, really fun for me. And to tell you the truth, the, the entire daytime community as a community across TV shows and networks, um, they all reached out, um, with their condolences and their prayers and their love when John Callahan died a couple of months ago. So the, the, the community as a whole is a tight one and a loving one. It's really amazing. It's, it feels like, um, the tightest of sororities and fraternities that, you know, they're your college friends forever, you know? Well, I was going to say about that closeness because, uh, yeah, obviously with everything that happened this year and kind of all those messages of support for yourself and sort of everybody there with John, I mean, it, it really must be an interesting and unique section of television to be a part of because you you were part of it for so long on All My Children and you kind of did some primetime work, obviously CSI Miami, and then you kind of back in this world. I mean, is there a a preference? To, does it, is it different, really completely different, I guess I should say, working from one to the other? Or is it kind of just as an actor, it just challenges you in, in many different ways when you do either primetime or daytime? Yeah, it's a challenge. Um, primetime or daytime, They're, they are, they couldn't be more opposite to work on. Um, I feel like well, first of all, in daytime, there's an enormous amount of memorization that goes into it. Enormous, because <laughs> you're doing 50 to 75 pages of dialogue a day that you're memorizing, which is a, a, an unbelievable amount of memorization. And in nighttime, you're maybe shooting eight pages in a day. So, you know, we have um, at, at CSI Miami, we had nine to 10 days to shoot a one hour episode. And in daytime, you have uh, one day to shoot an hour episode. And usually we're shooting two, if not parts of three episodes in a day so that we can have time. So it's really a ton of work. But, um, what I love about daytime is the emotional arc that you get to take because as an actor, well, as a viewer, it may seem overdramatic and it may seem, you know, hyper because that's what soap operas are about, right? But yeah. as an actor, it's you're chewing on stuff. It's so delicious and chewy. You've got so much emotional stuff to work through and all the time in the world to do it. Um, in nighttime, you may have a storyline, um, but you have a shorter amount of time to tell that emotional storyline and not as much time to do it in. So, um, when it's a nighttime show, the writing is phenomenal and brilliant. Then you are, you know, you are that 1% of the 1% that, um, you know, got to work in that kind of a show, but with a procedural show like CSI Miami, there wasn't a lot of emotional work there. There was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of technical work and it was all procedural stuff. So I, I have to say I missed the daytime stuff. I missed all the big emotional chewy bits as an actor. I loved the show. Like love, love, love the show. I mean, working on CSI Miami was a blast. It was so much fun, but, uh, but acting wise, it's, you know, you miss the, the chewy bits. Which I can imagine that the chewy bits are the fun bits, you know, like you're talking about having to learn so much dialogue, but I mean, soap operas just seem like they would be fun to work on. I, if I was an actor, I would, I would want to work on a soap opera because I want to be able to throw water in people's face and realize that my long lost <laughs> brother is alive and all this. It's just, that's just fun stuff, Eva. I want to do that. And you might just be a twin, yeah. by the way. 
<laughs> you never know. You never know these things. For sure, you're going to lose your memory at some point. Yep, yep. And for sure, you're going to have a soap opera disease. It's going to be some <laughs> random soap opera disease where you're in a coma. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the paternity of your child will definitely be in question. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> there's certain things that you know to be true on a soap opera. And you just haven't lived if you haven't lived those out. Which I can imagine... You're always on your toes. You might be going through a bit of a patch where it's kind of like, oh, things have been a bit normal for my character in the last month or two. Something's going to happen soon. And then lo and behold, you have a long lost twin who just happens to be the president of Iran or something like that. <laughs> and then and then what's exciting is that you hope that you get to go on on uh, on location to shoot, yeah. which would be You get fun. to go to Iran. Those you, are that's always where the you meet your twin. <laughs> yes, that's where you meet your twin. <laughs> Just jump on a plane and do that. And the fans as well are soap operas. I mean, they're, they're, I can imagine, a lot more passionate. Not to say that fans of CSI and other shows you've been involved in aren't passionate, but these are fans who have been following these shows forever. I can imagine you've met some fans who have gone, I remember in episode 4,312 when you said this line, that was incorrect because that didn't match up with this. Like, I'm sure you've met fans like that and that must make it even more fun 100, as well. 100. And the great thing, well, I think the great thing about soap opera fans is that they watch every day. Mm. It's not once a week and it's not once a year at the, at the, you know, at the theater, but it's every day and they tune in and they, for years and they feel like they know your character, they connect with your character and your storyline. And, um, you know, they've cried with you and they've laughed with you and they've done all the stuff. And I, I just think that there's a bond that's there in the soap world because even having been on CSI Miami, which was at one point, the most popular show in the world is so we were told, you know, it was in 219 countries. It was, um, and when I, when I travel, when I go to Europe, so many people know me from still like in, in every country um, from, uh, from CSI Miami, but in the United States, I still get all my children first. They'll say, Oh yeah. And I watch you at CSI Miami, but it's always, I loved you and all my children because you know, I grew up watching all my children from the time I was six. My mom was a fan, and so I was a fan. And when I got the job, I was a slobbering fan. It was like the icing on the cake to actually get to work there. So, um, so I know what it feels like to have grown up with something that is that is part of your childhood and part of your teen years and part of your, you, you know, and and the cast changes, but barely. There's always your staple people that are there that you can count on year in and year out. And there's something really comforting about that. I remember growing up when I would ever have a day off school, I would, Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless would be on and I could go six months without watching either of them. And yeah, you would be able to pick it up pretty quickly. And you would then also, as you said, with the characters, I could go three years and all of a sudden, oh, I remember that person. They were there three years ago. And similar thing in Australia with our two famous soap operas, Home and Away and Neighbours. It was a thing. You just kind of, you stop watching for a couple of years, but you pick up because there's Old Faithful still there a couple of years later. You know, they're still looking fantastic because I swear nobody ever ages in a soap opera. It's great. And and you pick it up and that's, it's almost like a comforting thing, like welcoming an old friend back into your living room, no matter how long it is between watching episodes. Exactly. It's it's just the comfort of checking in with people you know and love. Yeah. 
and yeah. you know who their character is and who they're going to be. And it's so true. It's, it's, you know, we, everybody drinks the soap water and stays perfectly <laughs> preserved. <laughs> I love that. And is it kind of like soap opera bingo that like, you know, you've done all my children, you've done young and the restless. You have to tick off like days of our lives now, bold and beautiful. Does it just kind of go around now thinking like, okay, I've, I've got to complete the set all of a sudden. Yeah, I wonder. I, I probably should because they seem to be dwindling. I mean, when I started in the daytime, there were 15 shows on the air. Wow. And now there's only four left. And, and you know, and they always are saying that they're in danger of not being picked up. And that breaks my heart because I just can't imagine a world without soap operas. Yeah, that would be crazy. I, there was, I remember there was a huge thing in Australia at one point, I think, because we were about maybe four years behind. I think it was Days of Our Lives. And basically they decided to catch us up to the States to be like, okay, we're going to make sure because the internet's around now, people are getting spoilers. So they basically skipped four years worth. And then there was a television magazine that published a little book, like a little novella, basically. This is what you've missed in four years on Days of Our Lives and read to catch up. <laughs> and and like people That's went awesome. mad when this happened, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, thank you. We've caught up now. We want to keep watching our favourite show. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Did anybody go back and watch the four years? Oh, there Do you think would have that, been. that was popular? I'm sure there would have been. Uh I mean there yeah. are people like that, like that would find these episodes. And I'm sure there's plenty of ways that people found the episodes to do it. But um Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, there would have been some <laughs> some madness there. I mean, with CSI Miami, a show like that, as you said, it really uh, yeah, I think I'd heard that too. Basically the biggest show in the world at, at one point. I mean that must have been a very unique show to do, and particularly because, you know, you've got such a franchise at that point. That's kind of peak CSI. There seemed to be a CSI in every single city at that point in the 2000s. I mean, you mentioned before about kind of the, the style of show that is to work on, but how, how is it? I mean, I believe you played a mole, didn't you? You were kind of like ratting on cops or something like that before you got put on to oh, yeah. something else. So that must you know, have been a fun season, role. the first season, I thought I was a goner. The first season, I thought I was toast because um, at the end in, they had the script that nobody told me anything. I read the script and it says that I'm the mole. And I was like, oh my God, I'm be- I just got fired. I just got fired. How did this happen? I thought it was going so well. Oh my gosh. But, uh, but they just made it a little bit of drama, which was great and brought me back the next year and redeemed me. And, uh, thank God. And, and then I got, uh, I got a good nine-year run out of it, which was awesome. Do you, do you ever get to see up close and personal the David Caruso one-liners with the sunglasses on the face? I mean, that must have been a pretty cool thing to watch in person rather than not having that sound effect of that ah! in the background, though, when he drops the one-liner. <laughs> that iconic scream. Yeah. It was. And, and he would pretty much write his own one-liners. Wow. So, you know, they would try, the writers would try to help, but then he would pretty much, you know, he'd get to set and decide he was going to do his own. So those were pretty much his own. Wow. But, oh, yeah, we got to see those in person. That must be something. <laughs> I can imagine it. So, like, what, what happens here? Like, do they just leave a gap in the script for insert David one-liner here? And he's just there going, no, 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 I don't believe this. I've got to come up with something a little bit more edgy. My glasses aren't fitting with my one-liner right now. <laughs> they would they would try to write a one-liner and if he liked it he'd keep it and if he thought he could do a better one he'd pull it. he'd definitely throw in a better one wow so <laughs> jeez i need to go back and watch some of those episodes now and try and pinpoint the ones that are scripted and the ones that he's coming up with on the spot i, I probably wouldn't be able to tell i can imagine he's that good at the one-liners 
it should be a drinking game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, is this a scripted or an on-the-fly one-liner? Go. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Go. And if you can't tell, drink anyway. Yeah. D- dangerous in lockdown, Eva. I think that. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. People are watching way too much of these shows all of a sudden. Uh, one person that you got to work with on on CSI Miami too, who a lot of our people listening to this, we, we talked you up a lot, Eva, based on we covered Third Watch and you obviously had a little small stint on Third Watch many years ago. And we used to, every single time you were on the show, we defended your character. You played Brooke. You were the wife of of Jimmy, played by Eddie Cibrian, who, of course, was also on CSI Miami as well. So, Isn't that funny? Small world. Did you, when you got to CSI Miami, was like, hey, Eddie, how you doing? You bastard. You cheated on me on our, uh, the night before we got married. I still hate you. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was actually really great to have him. It was really fun to work with him again. And, um, and it, he was just there for a little while uh, during the time that Adam Rodriguez Rodriguez was gone, and then um, and then Adam came back a couple of years later. And so I think Eddie only played with us for a year or two years, um, or a season and a half. And then uh, and then he went on. And I think he did it. He went on to do another show, and Adam came back. And so it was a little bit of revolving doors over there. But it was really fun to have him. Yeah, he's, I mean, we love Eddie too. It's kind of interesting because we, we covered every single episode of Third Watch Eva where obviously we're, we're, we're those people saying before that we just kind of sit around and just watch TV shows. That's how cool we are. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, we it, are too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was fascinating. And I think the thing that we loved most about Brooke on Third Watch was just that there was just something endearing about her that all of a sudden we're like, oh, we really want her to work. But then that was just in Jimmy's little asshole stage. He just was a womanizer, didn't really care. And then all of a sudden you guys are divorcing before you guys can even, I guess, uh, get a, get a foothold of things there. So I don't know if you have any memories yeah, of working on third watch at all. Or, yeah, I. You know what's funny? I haven't seen any of the episodes of Third Watch for the longest time, and somebody just last week posted some on my Instagram. Wow! And it was so fun to watch these old scenes that I completely had forgotten about. And um, yeah, you kind of feel <laughs> as I was watching it, I was thinking. Oh, poor sap. Like <laughs> poor yeah, like like poor Brooke, dude. She was clueless, wasn't she? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. It was it was yeah, very interesting uh indeed. But uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun. I remember covering those episodes and Darvell, my co-host and I were just every single episode we're like we love Brooke, and I think we even—I I can't even remember Thank what it was. This you. was years ago, and we were like, "We need to get Eva Larue on more things." Like, I think we even started a hashtag up for five minutes, Eva. I, I really should do the research. Get out, you did, yeah. We, we were so into your character. We felt so sorry for Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> it did go horribly wrong, didn't it? it yeah. Like, <laughs> it just—it just wasn't right. When somebody cheats on you at your bachelor party or yeah. at your uh, shower, that's that sucks. In the bathroom, like not even somewhere private. It's like literally where people can walk in and literally catch you. So you know. But you know what? I have to say, I have friends that that actually happened to. Either they got oh. cheated on at on their uh, wedding night. They wow. got cheated on. Or at, you know, at the, um, you know, the pre-parties before a wedding, like the uh, rehearsal dinner or something. I actually have friends that that happens. So I don't think it's, it's, uh, it's implausible or unplausible. I think the writers <laughs> of that episode might have had that experience too. Maybe it was a I bit I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to wonder. You have to wonder. Just, just getting it out of the system there. Now, um, looking at your Instagram recently, Eva, I, I've noticed some pictures there of you and some goats. Is this a new addition to the, the family <laughs> or is this, uh, tell us about these goats because they're very cute looking goats that I'm looking at right now. 
Oh, they're so cute. Okay, they're my sister's goats. She just, um, she moved back to, she just bought a house in the town that we grew up in, which is pretty rural uh, in Norco, California, which is in Southern California. And so she's got a barn in the back and she just bought a bunch of chickens and she's ready for the zombie apocalypse. So she bought (laughs) chickens for eggs and she bought these two baby goats because she wants to, you know, breed them and end up being able to have her own milk and her own goat cheese and stuff. She figures if she just has milk, cheese and eggs, who couldn't survive on that and be happy with that? So that's what she's got. But these two goats are the cutest things. Oh, (laughs) and the little one, the little one is just a couple of weeks old. And so she's still being bottle fed and she's, uh, she's, I mean, there's nothing cuter and they have got such funny, cute little personalities. They're like, and they're super smart. You know, goats are, they say are, um, can be smarter than dogs. So, I mean, they'll eat anything like they'll eat (laughs) iron. So I'm not even sure how smart that is, but what we'll, 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 you know, maybe we'll it's very smart. Our- maybe we should all be doing that. Maybe that's just a goat's message <laughs> yeah. that they're smart enough to, to eat everything. Who cares? Just go for it and you'll be fine. Just go for it. He was iron deficient anyway. So, yeah, well, there you go. Iron. Exactly. That's why he's eating the iron. <laughs> it's safe to say you're going to your sister's house a lot then to hang out with these goats, I can imagine. I do. I go over there just for, um, you know, I uh, also, my mom still lives in, uh, you know, kind of down the street from her. So, um, so yeah, it is really fun to get our to get our little tiny farm fix. This must be sort of a, a bit of a thing for you, animal loving. Uh, obviously, you've got a couple of dogs. You were involved uh, in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Animal Tales as well. So, I mean, is this kind of just like a passion that you get to, you love animals so you can work with them and just go visit your sister's goats when you can? You just always want to be around animals? Pretty much. I mean, I grew up, growing up in Norco, we had, we grew up with horses. Jeez, we had everything. We had we had dogs and cats and desert tortoises, and we had a peacock for a while. We had geese. We had um, we had our ponies. We had um, oh my gosh, what else did we have? Well, our neighbors had pigs and cows, and um, so so yeah, we we grew up with with a ton of animals. And I miss living in Los Angeles. I miss having a horse. You know, I really miss riding on the regular. That was my, that was my sport. And so I go out, I definitely go out to get my fix at my sister's house and my mom's house. (laughs) I can imagine riding a horse down the freeway in LA, you know, you could try it. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, they'd be pretty empty right now, (laughs) wouldn't they? Is this California still in lockdown? You could try. We have opened up a little bit, which is great. Our restaurants uh, are open again. I went to the mall yesterday for the first time. Wow. I felt like it feels very humanizing again. To be out and about, are you guys in a in a stringent lockdown at the moment? Or no, are you- well, it's it's weird. Obviously, I'm I'm sort of in Canada at the moment, so it's kind of Canadians are, are very you know, polite, nice people. So they don't really need to put a lockdown in, and people just follow it anyway. It's kind of like, oh, please stay home, okay, and then please close your business, okay, without being told to. <laughs> so it's kind of like you, you're in this weird oh. sort of state of middle ground where no one's being told to do anything, but they're doing it anyway. So you actually don't know what's open and what's not. It's kind of strange. And I know that you guys are still closed down to the United States. We though, are. I have a friend who's dating somebody in Canada and can't get to see her. Yeah, no, that, that is very true. Yeah. It's sort of, I, 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 I think was, that's wise. 
we Americans are a little on the wild side. I think I think you're wise to not let us in. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You're the first American I've actually heard say that. So that that's a good thing. Maybe we should pass it on to Justin Trudeau or something like that, or, or you know, other people. Yeah, but yeah. It's, keep the Americans out. Keep we're a out. bit of a mess. We're, keep me- them we're out. a messy species. <laughs> <laughs> just just come in with the goats. We'll let we'll let Eva in with the goats. That's enough. Eva and her sister. Just that that'll be fine. You know, we'll make sure that the goats are fine. You're fine. Your family's fine. And then we can, yeah. you know, hook your friend up with her partner and then we're, we're all home and hosed, aren't we? Everybody's happy. Everybody's yeah. happy. <laughs> now, for people listening at home, Eva, uh, following you, I mentioned your Instagram, uh, Twitter. Give a shout out. Um, you know, let us know where people can uh, check out what's been going on in your life and all that kind of fun stuff right now. Oh, yeah. Um, come follow me over at on my Instagram page. It is at Eva LaRue. So just how it sounds, just as how it's spelled <laughs> at Eva LaRue. And on Twitter, it's I'm Eva LaRue. I am E-V-A-L-A-R-U-E. And, um, and then I have a website, evalaru.com, and where I usually post all of my, um, all of my travel blogs because I'm a, I'm a travel junkie. Been a little bit shut down this last year just with a all bit. that's going on, but but my daughter and I are going to try to sneak out for her graduation trip because she just graduated from high school. So we're going to we're going to stick around the United States, which I think is um, is going to be kind of great because everybody will this year if they're going to if they're going to you know make a run for the hills, it's going to be within the United States and really seeing our own beautiful um, parks and, and monuments and land. So we're going to, we're going to hit Jackson hole and go see Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. And, um, and then we're going to hit, uh, Tahoe and we're going to, you know, and Northern California, which we never get to see enough of. So we're going to do that too. You can try and play U S state bingo, tick off all the States. How many States have you been to now, Eva? You can tick off the ones you haven't been to. Exactly. You know what? I thought about doing that, getting a big map. And because what's more fun than putting pins in a map in the places right. you've been? Exactly. It's just so satisfying. There's yeah. something so satisfying about marking off places you've been. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. Perfect excuse. And I think a lot of people are going to be doing that for the next 12 or so months in their own backyard, traveling around, seeing the place. And uh, what better better reason to get that map out? Pin it. You can even get one of those scratch ones where you kind of scratch off each state as you go along. It's sort of uh, <laughs> that's, that's something a I'm a bit scratcher. Yeah, I'm a bit addicted to those. I, you know, that's probably not a nice thing to admit, but hey, cool. That's how it goes. Eva, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Best of luck for the Emmys in a couple of, uh, well, a couple of days, really. It's in a couple of weeks, but I mean, it's the days are counting down. So fingers crossed. And let, let's just say it right now. I'm calling it right here on the Oz Network. In two weeks' time, you will be Emmy Award winning Eva LaRue. How does that sound? Oh, from your lips to God's ears. Thank you. <laughs> And a massive thank you to Eva for her time there. Great chat and a lot of fun. Make sure you do follow her on social media to keep up to date with everything that she's up to, as well as goat pictures, because we know you like goat pictures and you should check out the goat pictures because they're cute goat pictures. We, of course, had our Rebecca Metz interview air last week for Nip Tuck fans, if you want to check that one out as well. And for our Lost fans, we do have at least one interview coming your way very, very soon. Stay tuned for that, as well as some other good stuff to come on the Oz Network. We're very excited to bring you a few of these bonus little episodes along the way. Haven't done them in quite some time, so why not do them now to keep you entertained? Outside of these special bonus interview episodes, we, of course, do have Total Drama Island that 
that Rossi, Jared and Colin are covering. We also are in the midst of anniversary month, of course, celebrating movies, celebrating their various anniversaries. Stay tuned for that. The replacements is coming your way next week. Very exciting time to have that one. We dropped Airplane this week as well. Fun episode, that. And Renee Russo month is just around the corner. We've bumped that up, of course, with the delay of Wonder Woman means our DC month has been put on hold. So we've brought forward Renee Russo month the next month, which is exciting, of course. So get excited for that. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in to the Oz Network. Thanks again to Eva and to her management for arranging that interview for us. We will speak to you next time. My name is Ben. Have an enjoyable rest of your day. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.